Hello, Vineyard Church. My name is Chad Stewart, and I am an associate pastor at Vineyard Springbrook. And today we are going to continue our series in Advent on love. And this year of Advent has been different than any other we have had before or that I have been alive for in my 33 years on the earth. There is a worldwide pandemic that has come and changed how we live life in 2020. It has shown us that despite how hard we try, in this world we are ultimately not in control. In response, we have grabbed at anything we can to have a sense of control or safety, to make sense of what is going on. We're tired, frustrated, and confused, longing for the safety, hope, and sense of identity identity that only true love will offer. And today, I want to talk about the love of God that tells us who we are and releases us to be God's love in a world that's ready for it. In this life, all kinds of identities are set before us to choose from. N.T. Wright says this in one of his books. One of the primary laws of human life is that you become like what you worship. Those who worship money increasingly define themselves in terms of it and increasingly treat other people as creditors, debtors, partners, or customers rather than as human beings. Those who worship sex define themselves in terms of it, their preferences, their practices, their past histories, and increasingly treat other people as actual or potential sex sex objects. Those who worship power define themselves in terms of it and treat other people as either collaborators, adversaries, or pawns in their game. And these things do damage to the image-bearing quality to the people who have them and to the people whose lives they touch. There is a bin in the world today that says that you should be defined by your race gender, ethnicity, culture, sexual identity, or disability. I want to look real quick at a portion of Scripture where Paul is showing us a completely different worldview. He is showing us something that transcends all other identities. For Paul, the key to discovering himself was knowing Jesus Christ. His identity was found in the gospel of Christ. Now, Paul wouldn't say that your race, ethnicity, or gender isn't important. Let me be clear about that. I'm not saying that. He is just saying that it is secondary and it finds its true place and value in one ultimate supreme identity. I'm going to read Philippians 3 verses 4 through 9 out of the Message Bible. It says, Even though we can list what many think are impressive credentials, you know my pedigree a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting the church, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. The very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all these things I once thought were so important are gone from my life, compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master. Firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant dog done. I dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by Him. 
Paul says, I lay down every other identity or loves in this world to know Christ Jesus as my master. So that means how much money we have in our bank account right now is not our master. That means our sexual identity, gender, race, ethnicity, culture is not our master. Paul says, everything I once identified, I just freely give up to know Jesus Christ. And that begs the question, what would motivate Paul to give everything up to follow Jesus? That same question comes up when we look at our text for today in John 12, verses 23 through 26. In this text, some Greeks have come. They want to meet Jesus and talk with him. And this is, how, and this is what Jesus says to them. Jesus replied, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, because my service, servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. In this, act, in this text, we see the clear call of Jesus and not one that is unfamiliar. All over the text, Jesus says that if we love our lives, that we should lay it down and follow him. And that still begs the question, why or how would anyone do this? Why would Paul lay down his life to do this? I believe we find that answer when Paul says, so that I can embrace Christ and be embraced by Him. I want to suggest today and during this Advent season that the ability to let go of our identities and the things we love in this world comes by knowing the love of God and basing your entire identity on God's love. So what is the love of God? How many of you have heard the word agape? We've made a big deal about this world, about this word in the church. Um, but guys, here's what agape basically means. It basically means that the nature of God's love is the highest form of love. It's the purest form of love. We see that in the New Testament, that God sent His Son Jesus to the cross to die for our sins. Later in John 15, 13, Jesus says this, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And because of that, is attached to attached this idea that God loves us unconditionally. C.S. Lewis says, Though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. And all throughout the Psalms, you see the writers praising God for His steadfast love. His love that never changes. And God's steadfast love never changes because that is who God is. It's from His very core. God just doesn't give love. It's who He is. Because in 1 John 4, the scripture says, God is love. God doesn't love the way we sometimes love as Christians. You know what I'm talking about? It's the one where I don't like you a lot. I think you're an idiot, but I have to love you anyways. You know, um, um, that I have to like you, that, that I don't have to like you, but I have to love you. And sometimes, guys, I believe we project that kind of love on God. 
But that's not God's love at all. God likes you. God enjoys you. He enjoys His creation. Brennan Manning says that God is not moody or capricious. He knows no seasons of change. He has a single relentless stance towards us. He loves us. This is the love that changes the world. This is the love that is worth giving up all other loves in this world for. This is the love that we turn to and long to experience, long to be formed by, long to know. Now, when you divorce yourself and your life from the love of God and look to this world, you are left with just yourself. And that's the remarkable thing about the scripture. When James writes, where do you think all these wars and quarrels come from? Just get out your phones and look at Facebook. Look at your news feed. These things just don't come out of the blue. They don't come out of anywhere. They come from within. We want our own way to find power and security. For me personally, when I choose to divorce myself from the love of God, um, my wife knows this, um, um, I go to Taco Bell, right? I'm an Enneagram 6, and so that means my motivating emotion is fear. And so when I fear, I look to Taco Bell and Zaxby's. And I'm kind of out on Taco Bell right now. They took off the quesarito, my favorite thing. But guys, I, I, I digress, okay? Um, um, I go to food to find comfort, fast food. Um, my wife will see three or four books um, that I ordered from Amazon on the same topic at the same time. And here's the deal, guys. I won't read the whole book. I'll just read a few chapters that I'm trying to find knowledge and something to find security and comfort in that will rest, that will allow my soul to rest. When I divorce myself from the love of God, same calls out to me. I deal with same from past failures and sin, and they come and they try to tell me I'm not righteous. I'm not God's child. I'm not called. And when that happens, I don't move and act in faith like I normally do. And when I divorce myself from the love of God, that becomes my identity. When I divorce myself from the love of God, I assume what other people think, and I assume their motives without even knowing them or having a conversation. I will look to someone or something to find security and comfort in. And that's a treadmill for, for me, guys, when I divorce myself from the love of God that can just keep on going. Yet, when I am in the love of God and rooted in the love that is in Christ Jesus, none of these things, same offense, assumption, find a place to land on my life. And yes, I visit fast food less and don't order three books at one time on Amazon. My wife is thankful for that. And guys, this year for Advent, Advent offers us a different way. Every year, Advent says to us that something good has been promised. And we know this in our minds, and we know that God is doing something for us right now that we couldn't do for ourselves, that He is saving the world. But the truth is, in my heart and in your heart right now, there are pains, there are aches, there are laments, there's anger, and there's protests. It seems no one can actually keep us safe from the chaos of this world or from the feelings of fear and suspicion. Not doctors, politicians, 
scientists, police, and all the like. Bad things seem to keep happening. So what should we do? I want to suggest that we look to Jesus, who came as a child into the world named Emmanuel, which means God with us. The same Jesus that confronted Paul and said, Paul, your identity is going to completely change. The same Jesus that Paul caught a glimpse of and said, everything I love, I will lay down my life for so I can embrace God and be embraced by him. The same Jesus that calls us to lay down our lives, to lay down our loves, and to follow him into the new birth, into the new life, being called a child of God, dying and rising again in Christ, who is our life. I love what Pastor Alan Scott of the Anaheim Vineyard says, whatever you give your attention to stirs your affection and secures your devotion. The more we set Jesus before us, before us, seeking him, communing with him, beholding him, reading what he's like in the scriptures, seeing how he responds to injustice, and seeing how Jesus will enter a room full of motives that are against him, and it never changes love. That's when we start to become like Jesus, when we set Jesus before us, and not the newsfeed, and not other things. And guys, this doesn't happen overnight, but we slowly become love. We slowly start reflecting the love of Jesus. And so during this Selah time, I want to end. Um, I want to invite you to reflect on your life. Where is there fear and anger um, in your life? Be and I want you to reflect on that, on, on these things that are upsetting your soul. Because that's most likely where we're not rooted in the love of Christ and the perfect love of God. And if you don't know... Um, where those places are, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. But I want to end the day praying for you guys a prayer from this guy, Paul, who wrote 1 Corinthians 13, which is to me um, one of the greatest um, um, things written by man trying to explain God's love. It always stirs my soul and affection for God. Um, but in Ephesians 3, Paul prays this prayer for the Ephesians church, and I want to pray it over you guys. So let's pray. Jesus, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able, through His mighty power at work within us, to to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all, through all generations forever and ever. Amen.